0: You're listening to Friendlier, the podcast
1: for friends who love to talk, read, and eat. I'm Abby, And I'm Sarah. Today, we're going to talk about our preferences for media, mostly things that really do not work for us in media (laughs) and or things we did not love that other people did. But first, let's catch up on life lately. What is new with you, Abby?
0: We have ticked a box on pandemic bingo this week and rearranged our entire house. (laughs) Fun. This was an effort to make the space that we have more livable since we are planning to be in it a lot in the foreseeable future. Mm -hmm. Our house has three bedrooms. It has a big bedroom with an ensuite bathroom downstairs and then two bedrooms upstairs that share a bathroom between them. When we first moved in, we had thought that all of us would sleep upstairs, that Andrew and I would take the bigger bedroom upstairs and then the children would share the smaller bedroom. Mm -hmm. They were so little, it felt better to have them closer to us, but that did not go as planned. It turns out that Pepper needed lots of space to be able to learn to sleep better on his own through the night, Mm -hmm. which we gave him by setting him up in what was going to be our playroom, the big bedroom downstairs, as his bedroom. So it was both the playroom and his bedroom. The littlest person in the family was sleeping in the biggest, most awesome bedroom. (laughs) But now, with both children being older, sleep being more under control for Pepper, we decided that we would do a reshuffle. Pepper went into the smallest bedroom upstairs, Plum moved into the bedroom that we were in, and we, the adults and owners of the home, moved in to the bedroom that was intended for us to begin with. (laughs) Last night was our first night, all of us in the bedrooms. It went great. Mm -hmm. It felt awesome to have no children downstairs after bedtime. It felt awesome to not have to talk a little bit quietly for the first 45 minutes or so to make sure Peppa was really off to sleep. Mm -hmm. Love using our giant bathroom down here. Love not having to walk downstairs if I need something in the night. Like last night I needed cheese. And so I just walked (laughs) to the fridge and there it was. It is still a little wild. Like, We have not moved our clothes down from upstairs. We have a really big armoire that Andrew and I need to move together. I was able to move all of the rest of the stuff by myself, thanks to gravity. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I was going to say, that's quite impressive.
0: Yeah, thanks. Just sent our mattress down the stairs, just sent the box spring down the stairs, took the bed frame apart and carried those. Put a few dings in the wall, but eventually we're going to paint anyway, so it's fine. <laughs> mm-hmm. So we still need to move our heavy armoire and we still need to move all of our clothes and get all the closets in shape, but that's more of an organization Mm -hmm. piece and less of a moving piece. So that's less fun. So I'm going to just take my time with that one.
1: Yeah, I am feeling very satisfied just hearing about it, just imagining getting everything set up and having it feel fresh and new.
0: Yes, it's a great feeling. What's happening with you, friend?
1: I have been doing some work on Goodreads. I had been keeping track of our family read-alouds just on paper, Mm. because once we started reading a lot more chapter books in the pandemic, I realized that I wanted to remember what we were reading and take notes on what we really liked and didn't like. But I didn't want it mixed up with my own reading, because Mm. even though I also am reading those books, it feels like a separate category to me. Mm. So I took the journal where I had written out all of our chapter books from the last year and put them into Goodreads under a general read-aloud category and read-aloud 2020 so that I can find those shelves, but I'm not marking a red date, so they're not coming into my profile in the same way. Mm-hmm. So that felt very satisfying just to have moved all of that because that had been a project that I had meant to do for a while and then finally checked off the list. hmm and another one of those is in preparation for our 100th episode back in the fall, I had intended to compile a list of all of our friendlier reads and have some way for people to access those. Well, that didn't happen in the fall, mm-hmm. but it has happened now. Yay! <laughs> we will link to it in the show notes. I have created a shelf for all friendlier reads and then separate shelves for each of our reads. Mm. If listeners, you're interested in finding a browsable list of what we have recommended on the show. You can now find that.
0: Thank you so much for putting that together,
1: Sarah. I love it. You are very welcome. It was a fun project. Speaking of reading, let's share our latest reads. What have you been reading?
0: I recently listened to Ray Bear by Jordan Ifueko. This is an African-inspired fantasy novel. It's YA fantasy, I would say, about a girl named tarisai and she lives in an empire ruled by an emperor and a crown prince and each of them anoints a council of advisors and for each person they choose the emperor and the crown prince become unable to die in a certain way so if you pick Hmm. this person then you're immune to drowning or you pick this one then you can't die in a Ah, fire this one you can't die by falling and that kind of thing. And so that's kind of how they coalesce their power and there's magic involved and there's something about a ray that connects them to people. So it's this idea of like a mind ray or something. It was really cool, really awesome world building. I think I am probably not doing it justice and how interesting it was. Mm -hmm. But this book was so great. In addition to the world building, the characters were really wonderful. I loved the female characters and their relationships, especially. The story is very compelling. It is the first book of a planned trilogy. And so there's kind of an end, but then also a clear continuation to what's coming next. And it made me very excited to read the rest of them. I also would recommend it as an audiobook because it's really nice to hear all the characters' names pronounced.
1: I love that about audiobooks as well. And are the other books in the trilogy already out, or are you waiting for them to be released?
0: They are not. I think this one came out maybe just last fall. It's pretty fresh, and I'm not sure what the intended timeline is, but they are coming, and I will be reading them.
1: Sounds great.
0: What have you been reading, Sarah?
1: I listened to The Chicken Sisters by K.J. Delantonia. This is a novel that is set in a small town in Kansas. There are two fried chicken restaurants in town, Chicken Mimi's and Chicken Franny's, originally started by two sisters more than a century ago and still run by those sisters' descendants. Amanda contacts Food Wars to come to their town, which is a reality TV series that pits two restaurants that make the same kind of food in the same place against each other and then declares a winner who also gets $100,000. Whoa. There was lots of family drama because Amanda grew up in the Chicken Mimi's family, but married in to the Chicken Franny's restaurant family. Mm, Okay. So... When the food war starts, there's a lot about her and her sister who comes back into town for the food wars, her relationship with her mom. There is also a delightful supporting cast from the town that really added to the feel of the book. I love books that have reality television as a part of the premise. I find that (laughs) very fun and enjoyable. And it was this great view of family drama put into the pressure cooker of reality TV and what that brings out and how they work through that in this public way. It did end with everything tied up in a bow, which was both sweet and expected, but wasn't completely satisfying for me. And that is a general feeling that I have about those kind of endings, not something about this book in particular. Hmm. I would recommend it. It was a really light read with a fun premise. I have read KJ's parenting book before, How to Be a Happier Parent, and really loved that. So it was fun to read her first novel after having read something that was so different in the past. Mm. Let's move into our topic for today, which is about our media preferences. This came up when I was reading a book. And leaving you a message about something that I found very frustrating <laughs> in general in books. and we started talking about things that we don't like in books, and thought this would be a really fun topic since when we talk about books in our reading lately section, they're usually books that we really love, mm-hmm. and we're sharing the things that we like about them. Yes. So we thought it would be a nice twist to talk about what really turns us off, both in books, movies, TV shows, et cetera. Let's start with books. What do you hate when you are reading a book?
0: I hate beautiful writing for beautiful writing's sake. (laughs) I want something to happen and I want the characters to grow. I have quit so many books for this reason. And I think that this is actually pretty rare. A lot of people love beautiful writing for beautiful Mm. writing's sake. I feel like a lot of book prizes reward beautiful writing
1: for beautiful writing's
0: sake. Mm Mm-hmm. And I don't care for it at all.
1: I think you are right about the awards. Mm. But I do wonder if that is what most people prefer. When Neil and I were discussing this topic and what we each prefer about different things, the first thing he said was, I want something that is plot driven. I don't want to appreciate beautiful writing. Something very (laughs) similar to what you just said. Because I think the general reading public wants to be entertained, right?
0: Yeah. But for instance, One that I had heard recommended over and over is Hamnet by Maggie Mm O'Farrell. And I got, I don't know, 50 pages in. And I was like, oh, my gosh, when is something going to (laughs) happen? And so I quit. And then I went to Goodreads and read the one-star reviews to feel validated in quitting because I had heard really good things Mm -hmm. in reading groups online and recommended by other people. And what they were talking about was all the descriptive language and how much Mm -hmm. it was distracting from anything actually happening
1: in the book. Mm, Interesting. I am on hold for this one, so I will be curious if I have a similar take on it or if I enjoy it, because I think I do tend to enjoy those kind of books more than you do.
0: Yes, I would agree with
1: that. The one that I originally texted you about is kids going through trauma, particularly cancer, but They are emotionally strong, and they hide their troubles from their parents because they don't want other people to be worried about them, and they are just so brave and resilient. I hate that. I don't know any eight-year-old, or at least my eight-year-old and myself as an eight-year-old would not have responded in that way. Mm -hmm. If I was feeling terrible going through chemo, that would not have been a secret. Yeah. It just feels very unrealistic to me and also really problematic in having children hide their pain Mm. from adults and people in their lives. That does not seem emotionally healthy or admirable, and I think it's often framed in that way. Hmm. The book that I was reading that had this in it was Gold by Chris Cleave. And I ended up really liking the book, and this was a fairly minor plot point, but I ended up putting the book down and read several other books before I came back to finish it because Mm. I felt so irritated by the way that that child's illness was portrayed. Yeah.
0: My next one is Bad Parenting or Adults Behaving Badly in Books Aimed at Younger Readers. I just want these adults to do better. Somehow I don't mind it as much when I'm reading adult fiction. Mm -hmm. Such a Fun Age, for instance, there is some really subpar parenting happening in that book. Yes. But I really appreciated it as a thought exercise and as revealing of the character. But when bad things are happening to kids or directed at kids in books that are intended for kids, I really just can't handle it.
1: Hmm. Did you feel that way when you yourself were a younger reader or not?
0: I can't remember. I think I probably feel it much more strongly now as a parent Mm -hmm. than I did then. Makes sense. One example of this, which is a book that I actually really liked and talked about it on the pod back in 2018, I think, is Out of My Mind by Sharon Draper. Mm -hmm. All the adults in that book were struggling and we're not doing right by the main character.
1: And one on the opposite end that I just read is The War That Saved My Life by Kimberly Rubaker Bradley. And you had mentioned in your review several years ago when you listened to it that one of the things you loved was what a good caregiver mm-hmm. one of the main adults in that book was. And that came through so clearly listening to it. And I kept thinking about it as I was listening to it. Is Wow, that person is really doing right by this kid. Yeah. In a way that was really beautiful.
0: Mm -hmm. And in the later books in that series, you see more of her mom because it's not her mom that we're talking about. And her mom is terrible. Yes. But it didn't bother me as much because there is another
1: adult Mm -hmm. doing the right thing. (laughs) Yes. Another one of mine is insecure main characters. I have a really hard time Connecting with characters that are not confident and making decisions out of their insecurity. Mm. Even when there's good growth, I still find that frustrating. I would like to read about people who like themselves. (laughs) I'm not sure there's much else to say about that, but it is hard for me to connect with characters when they are acting out of a place of insecurity, and it is a frustrating and not enjoyable reading experience.
0: This is so interesting because you had talked about one to watch on the pod mm-hmm. and said that that main character is pretty insecure. Mm-hmm. And for that reason, I didn't even read that book. Mm-hmm. I had had it on my list and then I took it off. But you still
1: really enjoyed it. I did really enjoy it. There was also reality television in that book. Which
0: So reality TV trumps character (laughs) insecurity, maybe?
1: Maybe. And I feel like she was more borderline, that I didn't like the parts of her that were insecure, but she had still done a lot of work to get to the point where she was. Mm, That is really different. And maybe it wasn't where I hoped that she would be, but it wasn't starting at zero.
0: Nice. The next thing I hate is when characters getting therapy or communicating better would fix problems. That are happening in the book. Mm -hmm. I mind this less in historical fiction and romance, especially the therapy piece, because I think people weren't as aware there was not a therapist so much that they could go to. Right. But in modern books, I'm over it. (laughs) I don't think that it should be a plot point that you cannot take care of your own mental health.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, because it feels like an endorsement in some way.
0: Mm hmm. It does. And it's harder for me to be sympathetic. Mm -hmm. I just feel like that's something that I work really hard on and has really been graded. My life is working toward a healthier brain and emotional life. And when people aren't doing it, I just can't really handle it.
1: Fair. I really dislike when I am confused at the beginning of books in a way that feels unnecessary to me. Where there are obviously things out there that I can't understand without having read things later in the book, but I don't want to keep going until I can understand what's happening. So I'll end up rereading the first several pages or chapter of a book until I feel like I have a grip on what's going on, rather Mm -hmm. than, oh, I'll figure it out as I go along. No, I don't want to figure it out as I go along. I want to know right now what's happening. (laughs) This is the opposite of Neil. He will read series out of order. He does not care. Oh, I'll just figure it out as I go. <laughs> what? <laughs> he read The Hunger Games out of order. He just started with a second book because that's what we had available. I don't even know if he went back and read the first one or not. But he is very unconcerned if as he's going, if he doesn't understand who one specific person is or how something relates. It's like, just go with the flow and you'll eventually figure it out or not. And that's fine, too. <laughs> hmm. I am not that way at all, and find it especially frustrating with audiobooks because it's harder to go back and reread certain passages or flip back to figure out what's going on. So, to circumvent that issue, I often start in an ebook or hard copy and then switch to audio once I understand what's happening, especially mm. when it comes to things like fantasy books where there is so much world building to start. And I find it hard to get into it with audio because I want to do that rereading piece to pick up everything I can.
0: Hmm. My least favorite thing of all in books is hatred of women. I recently read a mystery that was the first of like 11 mysteries. And I was really excited because it was going to be a female artist detective. It was historical fiction. Mm-hmm. I was like, great, this could fill a Lady Sherlock, mm-hmm. Veronica Speedwell void before the sequels of those books come out. There are 11 or 12, so I'll have so many ahead of me. And this book was just awful because so much of it was how women in the story had been traumatized by men's hatred of women. And the crime was based on hatred of women. Mm. And it was just awful. There was nothing redeeming about it. I just don't need to hear about it. Another one that is an exception to this is The Power by Naomi Alderman that I read recently. Mm -hmm. And lots of people hate women in that book. But it is so very interesting that I could handle it. But usually, I hate it.
1: (laughs) One that is on the fence for me is having too many points of view as you're going Mm. through. Sometimes the switching really works for me. And I like being in different characters' heads or learning different things, especially if there's a mystery element to it and you're figuring out different pieces and you don't know who the reliable narrator is. I like that Mm. putting the pieces together aspect of it. But generally, I find that it takes so much work every time that it switches to switch where i am with it it feels sort of like it does with a new book where there's a lot of activation energy to get in to a new book and learning new characters and so every time the point of view switches
0: you have to do more work
1: yes exactly and that's less so when it just goes back and forth between two because you get to know them sure. really well and more so when there's a whole cast of characters the last thing i'll say that i hate in books is the genre of true crime and suspenseful novels. (laughs) I do not want to feel scared when I'm reading either of terrible things that have happened in real life that I am then living through in the pages or worrying as I'm reading that something terrible is about to happen. It does not feel fun or relaxing or enjoyable in any way. Yeah. We have both read a lot of romance in the last couple of years, and there are many romantic tropes Let's share our favorite tropes and our least favorite ones.
0: My favorites are marriage of convenience, where people are married for some reason other than love Mm -hmm. and then grow to love each other. (laughs) And along these lines, fake relationship, where they pretend to be together and then end up actually together.
1: I also love fake relationships, though maybe not marriage of convenience as much. I think I have to stretch my imagination much further to imagine making a lifelong commitment (laughs) to somebody for a reason of convenience where the fake relationship seems much more plausible even in its implausibility
0: (laughs) i think that marriage of convenience most often happens in historical romance Mm -hmm. and fake relationship most often happens in contemporary romance yes so those feel related but just in different times to me
1: that's fair and i don't think i've read too many marriage of convenience either so maybe i would like it more than i think i do (laughs) maybe (laughs) my other favorite is enemies to lovers i love that (laughs) trope so much i don't know why i don't have any explanation for it but would like to read more of those
0: i think it's an enneagram eight thing (laughs) (laughs) I think you like thinking about conflict Mm -hmm. and then seeing it resolve.
1: (laughs) Yes. I'm smiling just thinking about how much I like enemies (laughs) to lovers. (laughs) What about your least favorite?
0: My least favorite is teacher-student because of the power imbalance. And I actually have not read much of this. Mm -hmm. I think that it exists and is out there, but it is not for me. I don't even have any interest in trying it. Yeah. That said, I don't mind boss employee, I think, because there's usually less of an age difference there. Mm -hmm. It feels less concerning.
1: My least favorite are when there are secret identities. (laughs) (laughs) There is nothing romantic or sexy to me about hiding major truths from your partner. Fair. And as I'm going through, I... I'm so focused on the fact that they're making a really bad decision by keeping this (laughs) important thing from their partner that I have trouble getting lost in the story. What about books, movies, or shows that you did not like that it seemed like everyone else loved?
0: I just keep hearing about The Court of Thorns and Roses by Sarah J. Moss, and I read the first book in this series. I know that you love these books. My Mm -hmm. friend Rebecca loves these books. Everyone in my romance novel Facebook group loves these books. And they're like, keep going, keep going. And I just cared so little about the characters after the first (laughs) book that I started the second book and I just Mm -hmm. couldn't do it. So people keep telling me to try again. I may get to that point, but maybe I won't.
1: Yeah. As you said, I am a fan of these books so much so that I reread them. (laughs) Again, this last year, and they're a pretty big commitment in terms of the length of the trilogy. And there's a new one that I think came out in February or March. It's coming out very soon Mm. that I am looking forward to reading. And it is true that the first book is the worst, but I also (laughs) am happy for you not to read them because I'm not sure if I want to hear you complain about them if you finish it and still don't like it. (laughs) Right.
0: I know, it's a big risk when you really like something and recommend it, and then someone Mm -hmm. hates it.
1: (laughs) The first one that comes to mind for me is The Goldfinch by Donna Tartt. That book was so long, (laughs) and every time I think of it, I just think about how many hours of my reading life that I will never get back. There was a whole hundreds of pages section where young men were doing drugs and cavorting and making terrible decisions (laughs) in the suburbs of Las Vegas, nothing about that book worked for me. And I kept thinking it would get better because it won so many awards. Right. And when I finished it, all I felt was rage at the time I had invested, hoping that some enjoyment would come to me that did not.
0: (laughs) Bummer. My second one is Gilmore Girls. Mm Mm-hmm. People love this show. People watch it over and over. People talk about it. People want to go to the place where they live, which is fictional. (laughs) I've tried it, but I cannot get into it. I wouldn't say that I hate it, but I feel very indifferent Mm. and not a fan. Mm -hmm. I think it has something to do with the small age gap between mother and daughter that doesn't work Mm. for me. But even beyond that, I just couldn't do it.
1: Hmm. Did you watch it as it was coming out at all or did you come to it later?
0: Mm -mm. No, I've tried it later as it's been on Netflix or whatever.
1: Got it. I watched it as it was coming out and I was the same year in school as the main character, Rory. Mm. And I found that to be really enjoyable as she Hmm. was going through her college experience and I was as well. And it was something that my mom and I enjoyed watching together. So once again, I am on the opposite side of you in the discussion of Gilmore Girls. But my next one is one that you recommended that I never got into, which is the show Fleabag.
0: I love this show.
1: I know, several people who love this, who watched it multiple times. Yes. Neil and I watched the first few episodes and it was fine, but I never felt inspired to continue. For a while, he was saying, oh, do you want to continue that show that we started? I was like, "Yeah, no. Not really. (laughs) (laughs) So maybe I would have liked it if I kept going, but also not sure that I wanted to invest any time in continuing to find that out. Fair enough. And along those same lines, arrested development is another one that I hear people talking about Mm. that Neil and I started, and we quit soon after. I don't know if the humor just wasn't for me or what but didn't work.
0: I have watched that entire series. And still don't love it.
1: (laughs) Let's switch gears and move into movies. What are things that you hate in movies that you watch?
0: I hate serial killers. Mm -hmm. I find them so creepy. I find it creepy that serial killers exist at all. Mm -hmm. It's in that vein of the true crime stuff that you were talking about sooner. It's like This is something that I just don't need to think about that much. I do not want Mm -hmm. to give it this much space in my brain. I don't find it entertaining. It is not helping me escape my normal life. It's just freaking me out about my normal life.
1: Yes. Do you feel differently about it in movies than you would in books? Or do you just never pick up a book with that premise?
0: Yeah, I probably wouldn't really read a book like that either. But I think in movies, it's almost worse because it's so visual. Yes, it is worse. So neither, none. No, no <laughs> shows, no movies, no books, no thank you.
1: I am 100% with you there. Good. What I hate in movies are violence and action sequences, which <laughs> is in most movies. And it's maybe a reason why I don't really watch movies. Yeah, maybe. I find it boring. It doesn't freak me out the way that the true crime stuff does. But there is nothing interesting about it to me. And when I turn to screen media, I really want it to be relaxing and indulgent, Mm. and violence and action is not that.
0: Totally true.
1: We will end our discussion of things we do not like in our media there. (laughs) Listeners, please feel free to jump in with what you hate. Tell us the things that we hate that you love. We welcome all opinions. Yes. Let's end, as we always do, by sharing something we've been eating lately. We have not been cooking many new things lately, so I am going to talk about a kitchen purchase that I just made, Mm. which is the silicone mats that go Mm. on the baking pans. We've had trouble finding the right baking pans. Listeners, if you have ones you love, let me know. We have some old Teflon style ones that have chipped, so mm-hmm. that feels really questionable to use. And they have yeah. now moved into the outdoor mud play situation. Mm-hmm. We have some that don't have that kind of coating, but then of course everything sticks to them, and even right. that is chipping some. But then I thought these are still really solid pans, so if we get the mat that can go on top, mm-hmm. that should solve not needing to purchase the pan itself. Mm-hmm. But I'm not sure if that's going to still feel. Annoying to wash or clean, or what that will look like. You have these, yes?
0: I have one silicone mat that is one of my all time best secondhand wins because these are expensive, especially if you get the Silpat, which is the brand name one out of France. But I got it at a garage sale for $2 (laughs) when we still lived in Carborough. And I only have the one, and I use it on my big baking tray. I'm not sure, 11 by 15, maybe. Is the Mm -hmm. size that I have. And I have liked it. And I don't find it too annoying to wash. I do sometimes just put it in the top rack of the dishwasher, like draped over the cups and stuff that are up there. And then it gets clean like that. Mm -hmm. We also have air filled cookie sheets that are non stick surface, but have two layers. And -hmm. that's what we usually do for cookies. I feel like those work really well. And I use the silicone mat on the big baking sheet for things like pizza rolls when we were Mm -hmm. doing that you know, stuff that's really sticky. Yes. For roasting vegetables and things, I just use our kind of basic cookie sheets that are old and covered in stuff still and just put a lot of oil on and it's fine.
1: Yeah, we'll see how it works out. These were not super expensive. I think it was $10 for two. Oh. Hopefully they'll still work.
0: To be fair, when I got mine, that was several years ago and I am sure people are making things more Mm -hmm. and having more good options available. So hopefully they're great
1: yeah fingers crossed what have you been eating i'm going to
0: share about a failed dish <laughs> i was really craving a grain bowl you know grains greens roasted vegetables maybe a nice dressing something like that mhm so i made quinoa cooked up some kale with a lot of garlic i roasted some butternut squash i sauteed some mushrooms i put it all together Cooked a soft egg and put it on top. And it was so mushy. It was just too many (laughs) soft things. Mm -hmm. And then the dressing was weird. And I was just doing a lot of chewing and it was really unsatisfying. So I am soliciting from listeners your favorite grain bowl combos. I think I needed more different textures. I think everything was too similar. I also think I hate butternut squash. So not going to do that again. If I have a butternut squash, I will put it in bread or soup in future because the (laughs) texture just did not work for me really. Mm. One good thing about this is that I bought everything pre-cut up. I bought the bag of kale cut up. I bought the butternut squash cut up and just roasted Mm -hmm. it. I bought the mushrooms cut up. I'm proud of myself for that, but flavor-wise, meh, subpar.
1: Better luck next time.
0: I hope so. That's all for this episode of Friendlier. It's been great talking with you, Sarah, and with all of you listeners.
1: You can find out more about everything we talked about today, including what we're reading and eating, in the show notes on our website, friendlierpodcast.com. You can also leave us a comment there or on Instagram at friendlierpodcast or email us friendlierpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you.
0: Until next time, may your books be engaging, your food delicious, and your conversations friendly. And then two bathrooms upstairs that share a bathroom between them.
1: You said two bathrooms upstairs that share. And then two
0: bedrooms upstairs that share a bathroom between them. So you can just cut yourself out of
1: (laughs) it. Will do. We'll just (laughs) cut myself right out of there. (laughs) By Kimberly Brubaker Bradley. That is very hard to say quickly. Mm -hmm. By Kimberly Brubaker. I'm going to try it. i want to do it so i'm not saying it so slowly on the podcast <laughs> by kimberly brewbreaker bradley uh do you want to do the things we love in movies or do you want to just like wrap it up since most everything else is Let's about wrap
0: we- it up because we're just hating all over the place in this one
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes